podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the Talking Cop. It is another full-time match reaction show. I'm your host, Matt, joined again by Kev O'Sullivan, who feels like we were just here talking about this match, Kev, uh, not that long ago, but finished 3-1 at Anfield. Liverpool getting the three points that they need to put us back at the top of the table. And uh, you said yesterday that uh, you didn't really care about the performance, Kev, so uh, mustn't have much to say today. I fucking lied. <laughs> I absolutely lied after that. After watching the first half, I was I I absolutely lied. I want to see a performance of some sort. Someone just turn up and decide, yeah, remember you've got a game of football here. Um yeah, it was it's three points in the bag. It's a job done. Uh it's another win chalked off. Uh back on top of the table. So Everything has to be everything that's going to be said after that has to be caveated with what I've just said. Three one win, top of the top of the table, and we're on to move on to the next games, Brentford. So yeah. I was whoa, that was a hard watch at times. That was a hard, hard watch at times. A game of two halves, Kev. A game of two halves. Cause yeah, yeah the the first half. Not so great. And I mean, ended very, very poorly by allowing them to get a goal and get back level in the game. But in the yeah. end, we do what we needed to do. Man City went out and obviously swatted Everton aside despite uh, the Evs' resilient backline defending for about an hour or so. So this was a game we absolutely must win. And we out went out and did that. Uh, something else you must do. Hit that thumbs up like button for us if you're here joining us. You know, you guys, uh, you, you all know the procedure by this point. But do not forget about our charity sponsors. We got the Lighthouse in Dublin and Fan Supporting Food Bank in Liverpool. This is our 2024 charity drive that we're doing. Trying to raise 10,000 euros between the two charities. Split that right down the middle between them. Helping out people that are doing good, good, good work out there. Also, don't forget the footballprizes.co.uk draw that's going on currently. Two major prizes up. Framed, signed, Chabby Alonzo jersey. Also a framed and personally signed Harvey Elliott jersey, which after today's performance, ooh, that's not a that's not a bad little not a bad little gift to get yourself there. So, uh, and also Gav's got the uh, five tickets for each draw in after the wonderful prize wheel spinning action from Thursday night's show. But we get into the game, Kevin. We just about nailed that predicted 11 lineup there. Not too bad. I mean, really, the only uh, the only one we didn't get correct was Allison missing out due to illness for Quivin Kelleher. Uh, Joe Gomez, as was suspected yesterday in our uh, pre-match buildup show, that there was going to be uh, he was going to be absent due to the flu as well, too. But Kelleher, Trent, Kwanzaa, Van Dyke, Robertson, McAllister playing the right-sided eight role. Endo back in after his Asian Cup exploits. Jones on the left. Jota right wing, Darwin through the middle, and Diaz on the left. Kind of picked itself with the uh, players we're missing, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, I mean, there was a, a lot of rumors came out when someone obviously was out when the team were doing their walkabout this morning. And they said, well, you know, Allison isn't here. Gomez isn't here. So the, the rumor mill went into hyperdrive, and we kind of guessed that um, Allison was going to be missing. And you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You're going to get illness and bugs through a squad and you just deal with it and get on with life because shit happens, basically. You'd assume that Kelleher would have known, hopefully, Alison would have maybe come down Wednesday or Thursday. So Kelleher would have known, with you know, hopefully for a few days that he was going to be starting. But when you looked at the bench and you see there's two keepers on the bench with... um the likes of McConnell, Clark as well, you're thinking to yourself, the first 11 really need to do the job here. You know, what comes off the bench, if you're looking to, if, for it to affect the game, there isn't many there that are going to, you'd think that are going to have an effect on it. So the responsibility needed to come from the um, from the starting 11. And, you know, the game kicked off. And I said, okay, how are we playing? How, how are we setting up? And it was, as you said, 
McAllister was in the right side of the day. And the game, it just was so passive. It was so... We were... And we've seen this performance last season a fair bit. Um, you turn up and it's entitled FC. You know, we're Liverpool, we're at home, you're Burnley, you're in relegation zone. Just roll over there for us, will you, please? Be good little boys. And that was the way we we treated that first half. It was um, waiting for someone to do something, waiting for someone else to put a foot on the ball and make something happen. And nobody was showing any kind of responsibility whatsoever. The, there was no pace injection. There was no dictating the play. It was abysmal from start to finish. For That first half was was terrible. And if you're going to, with the run-in that we've got and the run of fixtures that we've got coming up, it's only going to get more difficult from here. If you turn up to Brentford and have a half like that, Ivan Tony will not miss those chances that Burnley did miss. So, you know, let that be a warning. Um, you got away with it. You got away with it in the first half today. It was not good enough. It just wasn't on. And yeah, Emmett is right. Emmett is right. Yeah, he says uh, we've seen it several times this season. It is the Emmett Cavanaugh strategy of uh, coming out and playing absolutely pedestrianly in the first half. And the only thing that was surprising was that we didn't go a goal down because uh, 3-1 was the scoreline for the start of the season, the first two, three months. But it was almost always uh, after Liverpool had conceded early uh, and usually quite weakly. I comment here, Craig Lowe says, how good was Keller today? So lucky to have a class number two. I mean, Jurgen Klopp describes him as the best backup goalkeeper in the world. And within 10 minutes, he's got to charge out. Amdouni gets in behind. Kelleher, quick off of his line, strong, ends up absolutely wiping Van Dyke out. But besides that, the one thing I took from the first 15, 20 minutes or so was that there was absolutely no nonsense from Virgil Van Dyke, which I was really wanting to see from him after the, I don't know, foolishness of his play against Arsenal, of trying to be a little bit too cute and stuff like that. There was three, four times where he could have tried one of those cheeky little, you know, head the ball around the corner, try to do something cute like that. And instead he just put his boot through the ball. Said, we'll give up the we'll give up the throw in. That's fine. We'll regroup on defense. But pedestrian is the word for it, Kev. Uh, I mean, yeah. I I like the balance of the team better versus because we also started quite poorly against Arsenal. But the right-hand side against Arsenal of Gakpo on the right wing, Gravenberch is the right side at eight, and Trent on as right fullback was invisible, anonymous. And it was better today having, and this is what we talked about yesterday, I wanted to see how McAllister functioned as kind of a defensive shield on that right-hand side for Trent. And it allowed him to get into the game a little bit more, drifting inside a little bit more, trying to get... uh you know, put his special offensive flair on some of those balls forward. And he did have a couple decent balls that he put in there that were just, the rangefinder was just ever so slightly off, but it took us a half an hour. It was about 29 minutes. I, I, I wrote down, like we're starting to grow into the game and then we scored. <laughs> we have our yeah, second, cor- was- we have our second corner. And I mean, Trent takes it. It's an outswinger. Trafford's trying to claim a foul. That's never a foul. He runs into no. his own defender and Diogo Jada does Diogo Jada things and just scores again. Yeah, it was, I mean, the thing is, is the balance you say, you know, you, you're on about on the right-hand side. It took too long to see it. That was the problem. We we never moved the ball through midfields. There was no bravery in the middle of the park. Endo was, I mean, when McAllister plays in the six, he looks for incisive passes, and that's fine. That's what you need from your number six with the with the, the way we're playing at the minute. Endo, if he's not going to give you that, then there's a problem. You, you, you need to have a double six. We didn't want to play through the lines at all. And the only time that we were looking dangerous was the odd ball over the top. And we ne- it nearly worked a few times. But when I think the, the, Burnley had the wood on us for the first 20 minutes. After that, Trent held his position wide and the game opened out more. And when the game started to open out more, he was getting his foot on the ball and putting dangerous crosses in. He was pulling their players out. I mean, I'll be honest, their 
left winger. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, M. Dooney. Odebear. Odebear. Yeah, he got um, he got Kwanzaa booked early. Kwanzaa dived in on the tackle, and it was it was a bad decision to go to dive in. But you got to know your players, know who you're playing against. His feet was really quick. So he's one you can't lay it, you can't dangle a foot in or anything like that. You've got to be really smart about with players like him. Make him go around you, make him go past you, but don't dive in. But ultimately, the goal came from a set piece, and I fucking love set piece goals. I love set piece goals more than anything. And Trafford, if you're going to come for the ball, you've got to clear everyone. And if you don't, that's what happens. Jota, right place, right time. And he just put it in. It was 1-0. I wouldn't even say it was against the run of play because while they were threatening, it was, we were growing into it at this stage. You know, we were starting to come into the game a bit more. Got the 1-0 and I was like, finally, we can, we can relax now and they can just start to play. Because it looked like they were playing nervous, playing scared, whatever way you want to call it. But it was... Um, 31 minutes, 15 minutes to go, and I was completely relaxed. Totally relaxed about the whole thing. And, yeah. It looked you know, like we survived their, you know, they came out with a game plan. We were kind of wondering whether they were going to play like a Vincent Company Burnley or whether they were going to revert to more of a, a, a Sean Dyshian Burnley and sit back. And, and, and they, they didn't. Did. Well, no, yeah, they, they did. They did for a while because the one thing I thought they would do a lot more, a lot more and they didn't really do it at all, was play out from the back. Anytime I've watched Burnley this season, Trafford plays out from the back, takes the ball in tight spots, and distributes it to the other side. He never, they never really did. They went direct from the minute one and tried to put pressure on Kwanzaa uh, aerially. They played the two up top and they tried to work from from there. Which, I suppose, at the end of the day, it 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 might have thrown us a bit, but at the end of the, you know. They know they're playing against a 4-4-2. They know how to play against a 4-4-2. And we just couldn't almost get to grips with what they were doing. When they were pressing, their two strike when they were pressing, their two strikers and their four midfielders all pushed up together. Their line, they were depending on, I think it was Darrell Shea's pace to be able to match Darwin. Darrell Shea is quick. He's rapid. So they held a higher line. And we never looked for third-man runners. We never looked for a ball over the top. There were so many things that we could have done in that first half, and they didn't spot it. They almost needed to be spoon-fed it at halftime as to what to do. And it was blindingly obvious what needed to happen. And, I mean, they got the soccer punch, I suppose, because they never looked like doing it. Once we went 1-0 up, they never looked like doing anything. We were dominating and controlling the ball without being aggressive or doing anything with it you know possession for possession's sake but we were managing the game pretty well up until they got that corner and i mean as headers go you won't see a better goal from a corner this this weekend this month it was an absolute brilliant header but endo has to stop him getting a header on that that was yeah. going to be uh that was going to be what i asked you about that i mean uh just uh, well, not just before that. A few minutes before that, though, Trent played an absolutely gorgeous ball in for Darwin Nunez, who gets in behind, crosses the ball for Luis Diaz. Trafford gets out, makes himself big. It's a it's a big save to keep it at one nothing mm. because at that point, you you know, if you're a Burnley fan or of a Burnley persuasion, you're worrying about it snowballing after we get that first goal, and it just starts going on from there. Uh, then Jurgen Klopp picks up a yellow card after another instance of I I'm convinced that there's some sort of cloak or piece of clothing that Mo Salah wears, that means that he cannot have fouls called against him. And since he's been out, he's given that to Darwin Nunes because Darwin Nunes was being grappled constantly throughout this game. And no, I that's think... in the new, that's in the new defending manual in the penalty box for 23-24. It's okay to put your, your arms around the striker's neck and pull him to the ground as long as you let go quickly. Yeah, and, that, and do... I, that, that must be in the new coaching manual for this year because there was two clear penalties that we should have had. And there was another one where Darwin had a foul given against him after this, the right back pulled him down by his fucking collar mm -hmm. 
And by pulling him down in his collar, Darwin's feet just went up in the air and the right back proceeded to fucking fall over him. And won a free kick. Fuck off. I mean, yes. you absolute gobshite from shit stain of humanity. And you wondered why Klopp lost the fucking plot. And the worst thing that you they've ever given these managers is the ability to see fucking referee replays on the bench because he saw the replay and he lost the game altogether. The ball has gone into the middle of next week. It doesn't matter. He was haranguing him around the neck. He was auditioning for WrestleMania, for God's sake. You know, the only thing he needed to do was climb up onto the crossbar and do an elbow drop off the top rope. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Macho Man Randy fuming. Savage. I was style. fuming yeah. watching it. Yeah, it was. It's been a kind Ooh, of running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is. That's completely made my day right there. I was I was not expecting Kevo Sullivan to give us a macho man. Oh yeah, but uh, that's you got put that it. one in you the Hall of it. Fame. Uh, it, it was it was a it was a well executed corner from Burnley. I mm -hmm. mean, Josh Brownhill oh, yeah. gets the delivery absolutely spot on. And I agree though. You watch the replay and you see Endo. He's clearly man marking up against Dar O'Shea or Darren O'Shea, whatever his name is, yeah, and Darryl. he just. He doesn't get any momentum into the challenge. He can't get off of the ground. And it is, that is, I believe the correct word is planted into the corner of the net. Because that header was, that header was look, quite good. Yeah. He, quite he good. got the power on, He got the power on it. He got the accuracy on it. Keller was a bit flat-footed and he was scrambling for it. But in all fairness, Endo lost the flight of the ball. And if you lose the flight of the ball, the first thing you need to do is run into the guy you're marking to make sure that he's off balance when he gets a header on it. Stop him from getting clean contact at all costs. And he just lost his man. He lost his ball. He lost he lost the ba his bearings of where he was. And suddenly you're dragged into a fucking game again. You know, it's like you've gone from 1-0 and being in control and managing the situation pretty well to going in at halftime 1-1. And they're jubilant. They're delighted with life at the end of the day. A point for them would have been massive. Yeah. So you've given them hope and you've given them something to hold on to. While we've been absolutely dog shit. You know, the amount of times we've played absolutely rubbish and gone in one at half time and come out and manage the second half better and go on and win two, three, four, you know, is quite a lot this season. So the fact that we gave them something to hold on to and gave company something to plan around at half time, it was a real sucker punch. You know, and I, and the thing is, you can't say they didn't deserve it on the balance of play in the half. They they, they did. They did. They called. I think they one, two, three, four, five, six efforts in the first half, and at the end of the day, they weren't exactly bad efforts, bad positions either. You know, I mean, we bossed the ball, but in general, they had good chances, and Keller had to make some big saves. Big saves. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we get into the half. It's uh, it's a bit of a sucker punch. You know. One all at halftime, you you worry that we're going to lose a bit of momentum. But at the same time, you know that, you know, Jurgen Klopp does his regular rush down the tunnel at halftime. And you yeah. know that there's uh, going to be the proverbial rocket being put up players. The biggest news and perhaps the most surprising is that a halftime substitution ends up being made. I mean, everybody calls for it every match. Rarely, if yeah. ever, happens. But today we see Trent Alexander-Arnold make way for Harvey Elliott which facilitates Jones to go into the right-back position. McAllister moves to the left-hand side of the midfield. Elliott takes up the right-side at eight position. Talk on the uh, broadcast was that it was potentially an injury precaution for Trent. There's some talk that he was seen limping, or he might have just had the old bubble guts because of the flu going around the squad. But uh, two not great performances for Trent from the start in the last two matches. Uh, really needs to... Get back feel into the he, swing of things. He does this though. Whenever he comes back from injury, he does feel his way back into games. Um, it does take him a bit. Of, it does take him a few games to get back into match sharpness. I'm not. I'm not worried about him in any way, shape, or form. But when you're one-one and you sit there like, okay, it's um, Curtis Jones has played right back in a Europa League game away. I think. And that's a bit of a, a, a worry against a tricky left winger who's uh, already had his centre-half booked. Just happens his centre-half was making his Premier League home debut. And, you know, he's 
he's already walking on eggshells because of the yellow card. It's the last thing you need. But whatever Klopp said to the lads at halftime, it was night and day the difference in the performance because we injected pace, and the pace that we injected came through Harvey Elliott. Um, it was just his quick thinking and his ability to take the ball out of his feet, either whip it across to Robertson, who was making runs galore, that he wasn't making runs in the first half, but he was making himself available for the switch all through the second half, up and down that wing like a Trojan. And it was a we started off with such a bigger tempo. It was it was massive. But Ashley's come out there, clop on Trent, it's not fine. So that basically Great. signals it most likely is a recurrence or a you know, who knows? I mean Yeah. I mean, Craig Lowe follows that up by saying uh, Curtis Jones at right back was solid. He very much was. was very I mean, you're obviously, yeah, you're you're always going to have concerns uh, about putting a uh, you know reformed attacking midfield player who's now a pretty solid box to box midfielder throwing them in at fullback. But he did do quite well. And of course, yeah. uh, from next week, I'm I'm under the assumption that pretty much everybody thinks that Connor Bradley will be back uh, integrated into the squad. So we have at least got uh, what has turned out to be quite a reliable backup at right back if Trent is to miss any amount of time. But I, I, I'm i happy you mentioned Robertson because I thought he uh, he really helped change the game in the second half. Uh, the, the increase in performance from Robertson and Endo in just in terms of speeding up the speed of play, getting that ball through the lines, whether it was from Endo through the middle or Robertson and acres of space, because I noticed something in the first half, Kev, there were large periods in the first half where Curtis Jones was coming from the left over to the right-hand side of midfield. McAllister was still on the right-hand side of midfield and Endo was playing as the six, but was almost shading to the right-hand side. Like there was a massive overload on our right-hand side. Pretty obvious that uh, Burnley were targeting down their left. You know, everybody always targets towards Trent's side of the field. So it left a lot of space on that left-hand side. And it's why I was a bit disappointed in Robertson's performance in the first half was because he didn't seem to be making himself available or getting the ball to it. But come the second half, I mean, almost immediately, uh, Robertson's playing Diaz in behind. Robertson gets in behind. He wins a corner. And a couple minutes later, <laughs> Harvey Elliott, I mean, he's been on the pitch for six, seven minutes at this point. He's alive to a ball that gets kind of knocked back into play from a challenge in the middle of the park. It's McAllister on uh, Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey. Endo sticks a foot in. The ball falls to Harvey Elliott. He goes to cross the ball in along the turf. It gets bobbled up in the air, and Luis Diaz makes a brilliant run to the near post, and as he's falling down, manages to get a head onto the ball and puts it in. Were you concerned with the lengthy VAR check? Because uh, I had Stephen Warnock on COCOMS, and he was 100% certain that it was a foul by McAllister on Ramsey, who didn't react to the challenge from McAllister at all. If Ramsey goes down, that goal gets chopped off because McAllister kicked him square full on the shin uh -huh. and done himself a mischief more than Ramsey. Ramsey did him a favour. He stood on his feet and it didn't affect the play. So they just moved on. Didn't ever check in the offside. Didn't ever probably looking to make sure there wasn't a hand involved in the header going in. But the pressure was building by this stage, you know. Um, was was I worried about it the longer it went? Yeah, I was because the longer these things these things tend to take, the more opportunities they can find to find a foul. Um, but look, it, it was deserved at the time because we were we were getting on top. You know, we were we were showing intent. We were attacking with pace, and we were looking threatening from both wings. And there was intense and an an intensity about our play to get into the box to give options that wasn't there in the first half. It was um definitely um a well a warranted goal. I'm delighted for Diaz because he made a lot of unselfish runs that didn't get noticed. Same with Jota. Jota made some brilliant runs today, but didn't get the didn't didn't get the ball, but it didn't stop him from uh, making the runs. But a 2-1 up, you hope then that common sense prevails and they start to manage the game, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, Brett yeah, Burnley our, had our a couple midfield of... Really, 
our midfield really grew into that game and t- and took yeah. control of it away from them. Uh, where was that one? Robert McGuire pointing out that Elliot did well stopping the attack on there on the right hand side, and that's absolutely bang on. It's yeah. the threat that was coming from there, and again, you would expect that to be even doubled down upon. Like if they were setting out to target Trent when he was playing at right back, you see the halftime substitution, and you realize that it's Curtis Jones playing right back. You double down on that strategy of going down that wing again and again and again it's yeah but the one it, thing it does do it, it goes to take the players taking responsibility and they did they were a lot more switched on a lot more aware because they knew the curtis jones was right back kwanzaa's on a booking playing at center back next to him and they knew that they couldn't afford to make any stupid mistakes but granted burnley had a few a few half chances one brilliant chance yeah but, well that's that's what's coming up next but in but over and sides and I don't care who you're playing, every single side who you play against will have chances in a game. It's how you deal with it. And but more more so than anything in this in the second half, you saw players taking responsibility and moving the ball quickly. They were the two big changes. They were the, the only the big the big difference for me in in the first half and second half is player players showing up and putting in a putting in a performance. You know, it's, it's the, it is base, it is the basics. It's ownership of your position and doing the doing the proper thing. You know, but I was delighted for Diaz. Two uh, one up, and you sat there. Okay, don't do anything stupid. Yeah, don't do anything <laughs> stupid. So, uh, brilliant, Kev. You're such Huge a stupid st- thing. <laughs> yes, uh, Jarrell Kwanzaa decides to test out this theory of don't do anything stupid. Uh, a ball is lamped up towards the back line. Kwanzaa's always winning the header and I'm not entirely sure what he was whether he was trying to be too cute with it or if he just got the angle of the header wrong but he plays the ball directly into Fafana who two goals and an assist in his two appearances for Burnley since making that loan move uh, in January from Chelsea and he's in 1v1 and Quivin Kelleher I mean take a bow for that one because that is Allison like in terms of getting out quickly and shutting down the uh the breakaway chance and then Oda Bear just completely shanks his lines. Yeah, he shanks it. But at the end of the day, the best thing about that passage of play was Kelleher's awareness to be out off his line just in case something goes wrong. And the easiest thing for him to be was sat on his six yard line, you know, trusting his center backs will clear it. And he was anticipating he was on the penalty spot anticipating just in case and that's the mark of a top keeper a top keeper anticipates the possibility and it and expects that the defenders fluff their lines and he's there to make sure he cleans up it was a brilliant save and at the end of the day there's nothing you anyone can do about the rebound apart from being a position that makes it as awkward as possible and makes the player think because at the end of the day, most most players, when it comes to thinking, it's not their strong suit. And he just literally shanked it. You know, at the end of the day, he, he, all he had to do was hit hit through the ball straight and it goes in. He shanked it and that was your warning of the day. You know, that was your let off. And then a few what? minutes later, he we said tested again. it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a bit of luck, the second chance for Fofana, but also good play by... Uh, by Burnley to just have that one touch passing to get through the lines. He's just the right side of onside. He's got the speed, you know, he's on the front foot, whereas we're trying to pull up and play the offside line on it. He's in one V one and does the exact opposite of what he did two minutes earlier, where he was way too straight on towards Kelleher and really didn't have a lot of opportunity to bend the ball around Kelleher. This time he opens his body way too wide open, misses by about two feet outside of the left-hand goal post there. And yeah, that that's the warning shot fired right there. Uh, just slightly after that, we get into a little bit of good defense. And this is something I wanted to bring up with you. Uh, on the 68th minute, we got a, a another example of Luis Diaz coming back and doing, you know, donkey's work defending for us. And I am so impressed with the work and ability on the defensive side of the ball that Luis Diaz has shown in this season. I did not think that was going to be this much a part of his game you know he just seemed like a a standard attacker 
you know, tricky on the ball and all those things. But I mean, you've seen it now by the fact that he's played left back and right back as needed in games. But I, I really, I'm really pleased with that because it gives us so much more solidity on that left-hand side when teams are making a big switch across that he's willing to make those lung bursting runs and get back yeah. and put his foot in defensively. Yeah, it was a really good tackle. Um, come across cover tackle. One he had to get right and he did and all gave us a chance to reset. But yeah, look, it, work rate and working hard, to be honest, it, it's, it's standard for this team. You see to, an awful lot of players think that's beneath them, but you don't see that with our side. Um, the amount of work that Darwin Nunes does off the ball is ridiculous. Um, same with Luis Diaz, does an, a hell of a lot of unseen donkey work. Jota, no different. Loves tracking back, trying to nick the ball and start a counter-attack. Uh, they all buy in. It's a complete buy-in. Otherwise, they don't play. It's that simple. And I think Klopp has been pretty pretty straight on that from day one. You know, even in any interview you watch with him, there's complete buy-in from all the players. Otherwise, you don't play. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And they all do. It's it's all well and good talking about it and preaching it. And have you. They do it. You know, yeah. it's 65 minutes gone. Starting to feel it in your legs a little bit, your lungs are starting to feel it a little bit, and you're still making those runs back. So yeah, it, it's what you need to see. Yeah, I wanted to give Diaz his flowers for that. So he gets the goal. He's doing the good work on the defensive side of things before I get to at the 70th minute, where for the love of God, pass the ball to Darwin Nunes. I, we break two v one, and Darwin is onside. He's making yeah. the run. He's wide open in the middle, and Diaz just. I don't know if he if he just couldn't get the ball out of his feet or didn't see him or just thought, nah, if I pass it to Darwin, he'll just miss. Uh, he waits and waits and waits. He plays Jada on the overlap. Oh, that was frustrating because... Frustrating. It, yeah, it was really... This is a game where, you know, I thought Darwin Nunes was going to have a big game. He's due a big game to just explode on that score sheet and, you know, pad those numbers out a little bit. And it's like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. It's going to be another one of those games where you're going to have to talk about, you know, well, you know, you look at the work that Darwin does occupying defenders and, you know, making these good runs and stretching the pitch and coming back and helping out defensively. But at the end of the day, you want to see the guy put the ball into the back of the net. Yeah. And then we see the guy put the ball into the back of the net. I, yeah. I mean, go back to that before that, go back to that one with that Luis Diaz, uh, he he, if he play, he plays that with his right foot, it's going away from Darwin towards the keeper. It has to be inch perfect, because the closer he, he gets, Darwin is getting closer to the keeper. The keeper comes out and smothers some, some it, but he still has to play that pass. The reverse pass to Jota. If you play it ahead of Jota, then he can get a first time shot off, or he can put it back for Darwin to tap in on the far post. But he was here nor there. It was behind Jota that stopped everything. And then you're leaving Jota to try to come back on his right foot and looking to curl it in. And it just asked too much of him. That's about the only downside of what you can say about Luis Diaz in general is yep. having the bravery to to fail. You know, if Trafford cuts the ball out, at, at the end of the day, Darwin is quick enough to be able to nick it past him and take the penalty. You know, but you have to play that ball. That ball was on. It was glaringly obvious. He has to see it. He has to play it. Yeah. I mean, just after that, I, I believe it's actually from the corner. It's a bit scrambled around and comes back in and Virgil van Dyke heads the ball. And this one on TV looked like Gerald Kwanzaa had just scored an absolutely gorgeous, oh, you know, so swivel volley. Oh. Didn't, he do when, didn't he do one earlier in the season? I think it was one of the cups and it got chalked off. Uh, yes, that was in uh, that was in Toulouse, the game where he lost, where they pulled it back for the handball on McAllister, thirteen yeah. seconds and about twenty-seven passes earlier. Yeah, yeah, he's that got that salvage to draw, and he he got a really good contact with it on his weaker foot. It was it was just unlucky, and the keeper was scrambling. The keeper was nowhere, you know, he yeah. was nowhere near it. Yeah, but we again, were we were coming for the third goal at this point because then just after that, Virgil Van Dyke gets pretty much an unmarked header uh, in the box and just has, heads has it directly to do at yeah, directly at yeah. Trafford. That's the same thing I said. You got to do better, Virgil. And I mean, he's had yeah. four, five of those this season where you look yeah. at it and you're like, oof. So put one put of that header back where it came from. Put that exactly. header back where it came from. 
Exactly. But I mean, uh, Jones has a cross that's blocked. Elliott has a shot cross that's blocked. Goes out for a corner. Robertson, it's an outswinger. It's recycled back in by Jada. His shot is saved. He then gets the ball back. He lays it off to Harvey Elliott. He crosses it to the back post. And there's the Darwin Nunez goal that we've, I'm sure, all been wanting that he deserved, I think, for the work. And it's another header. All three of our forwards scored, all three of them with their heads. Burnley's goal also with a head. It can't be too often that there's four goals in a game and they're all headers. But this is, that's a good header. And that's a good goal you want to see from Darwin Nunez. Yeah. He turned himself into a pretzel to get that header. Um, that's a really, really great finish. Uh, brilliant ball from Harvey to find him as well because that's a very easy cross to overhit. And it was it was as, as good as he could probably play it. But Darwin was, uh, turned himself into a contortionist to bend his neck around and get power on it and bury it. And that was game set and match then. You know, it was, we de- I don't think we needed the third goal. But I think, you know, for safety, you know, I th- I, I didn't think that they were going to get a, th- a second from where we were in that point of the game. But at the same time, you Darwin needed that. He Darwin yeah. needed that, and he definitely deserved it. He was um, he had a really good game, all told. Um, so, yeah, really happy for him. Happy for Harvey because he's reward with an assist. But overall, Harvey's performance in the second half is the reason why we're sat here talking about um, a Liverpool's, Liverpool picking up three points. Yeah. You know, it was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, Ashley, yeah, no, I I, I agree. Yeah. It, Ashley said, my mental state needed that third goal. Yeah, I think we all needed that one just to calm down and enjoy the last 20 minutes. You know, and to be fair, we, we managed out the last 20 minutes really well. You know, it was literally just a case then of no more injuries, nothing stupid, but just no silly bookings. Just see this out, and more so we we did. You know, we were we were actually the more looking the more to decide who were going to get a fourth, um, yeah. because we were we were pushing and pressing when we didn't really need to. You know, I mean, there's we should, there are going we to be games. We yeah, there are going to be games this season where you're just going to want to rest in games, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, they pushed and they tried and they they gave it a real go, but it just wasn't yeah. happening with a fourth. But yeah, no, it, it was a really, really good header, a really good header. Yeah, I mean the I nine, that's, 90... that's thirteen for a nine for in all comps for the season as well. Oh, is it thirteen? I thought it was twelve. I thought uh, he was 13... on 12, 12 goals and eleven assists. No, I think it's thirteen now. Um, it might be, but. The weird thing about that game is that all four goals were headers. Yeah. Don't see that Not often. something you see very often at all. Yeah. No. And uh, it, it shouldn't have been because I, I'd say in the fifth minute of uh, injury time in the second half, Darwin Nunes gets put in over the top. His first touch is just gorgeous. And then he shoots it directly at Trafford. It's, ah, Darwin, what are you doing? Uh, we get a we get a couple of late time wasting substitutions. McConnell, Clark, and Simicast back for his first appearance since the Arsenal match, where Bukayo Saka did him dirty by pushing him into Jurgen Klopp. Come on for Endo McAllister and Robertson. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You know, Simicast gets to swing in a corner late, but that's pretty much the game. I mean, it's three one. It wasn't the most routine of matches again because the first half performance was so stuttery. But in the end, we get the three points. We go back to the top of the table, and that's that's all you can ask for. It is. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at the stats for the game. I mean, 73% of the ball had something like 20 efforts. I think we had 20 shots, something like that. No, 16 shots, six on target. Oh, no, that's all. Let me just go. Yeah, 25 shots, 10 on target, 71% of the ball. We pretty much managed the game as well as we could do given the first half of how, how we played. But you can't you can't have too many more of those games. You know, you, they really need to start games much better. They've got to get into a routine of, you know, attacking the first 10 minutes and try to put them in a position where of strength rather than it's like when you're watching a fight, you're you're sat watching the first couple of rounds and you're waiting for so, to see what they're doing, waiting to see how how they're set up, and then you you start to go. 
you'll get sucker punched and you'll get caught if you if you keep doing this. You know, I wouldn't say we got away with one. There's nowhere near we got away with one. We dominated the game from about 30, 30th minute on, more or less. But at the same time, we made that game a lot more difficult than it needed to be. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. the best way to put it. It didn't yeah. need to be that hard. So uh, at the end of the match, it looks like Harvey Elliott uh, did some media duties along with Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. So Ashley L, thank you once again for sharing the quotes with us. Harvey saying, it's always a nice feeling to be on top, especially after the last game. We needed to bounce back and show fight. He goes on to talk about Darwin Nunes. He proved it today. He can score with his head, left foot, and right foot, shoulder, whatever. He's a top player. He works his socks off. We have to dig deep at the moment. Touch wood. I don't get it. I want everyone to be fit. I want everyone to be healthy. I'm presuming the it he's uh, speaking of there would be the flu bug going around. And then yeah. on Connor Bradley, Harvey Elliott says, our hearts and thoughts are with him. That win is for him today, which is, yeah, I, you, you like seeing it. I, it's, I, anybody that watches enough of these shows will know that I'm uh, I'm a fairly large fan of Harvey Elliott. I just, there's just something about him. He's He's got that fan about him that, you could yeah. tell that playing for Liverpool just means just that little bit more for him. You know, he's not a scouser, but he's mm -hmm. the next closest thing to it. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, after the match on his booking, <laughs> he says, imagine in this game, the referee has a blue card available. It would have been the Wild West. Yeah. I had no clue why Vinny got it. I lost it in that. I lost it in that situation. So fine, give me a yellow as long as I don't get a blue one and have to sit somewhere for 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, on Trent, he says, we were made aware of it in the game, so thought, what can we do? Then Trent said, no, it's fine, but it's not as he feels it, so we had to be careful and take him off. Uh, yeah. Had to take Trent off. One problem is Trent off. The other is we didn't have another right back, so Curtis filled in. He did exceptionally well. Harvey came on and did well. And then on the uh, illnesses and sickness, he says, this morning, Allison, I don't know. We will see. Joe Gomez has the flu. Birch felt something. And then if he accepts his yellow card, uh, is there a chance not to accept it? Did anyone see the situation where Jada was wrestled down? Was it a penalty? It's in the box and it's a penalty. Uh, 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 yeah. Look at that. You, look, what's Jurgen Klopp do? He's a grown man talking about wrestling. When you ever grow up, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, it's spilling over from that press conference on Friday where it's just, yeah. He uh, he sees he sees his end date there. You know he's put his notice in at work, and the uh, well of fucks to give is completely dried up. It seems like for Jurgen Klopp, and and I am all here for it. Uh, just another comment, Kieran B from earlier in the show. He says Burnley's right winger Fafana was good. Yeah, he was. I mean, for a team that is rooted to the bottom of the table and don't seem to score a lot of goals, he could be if Burnley are going to have any hopes of survival, which I don't even know if that's the case, he's going to be, he's going to be important for them because goals will save them. Uh, I'm looking at it at the minute. Burnley are sat on um, 13 points, six, seven points behind Luton in 17th. And Chelsea have him on loan. I don't think he's going to be a, a striker that is going to be, the answer to Chelsea's prayers, but I could definitely see him being in the Premier League going forward if he was at a Crystal Palace at Brentford, uh, Fulham, you know, clubs like that. I think he's a decent forward. He gets in good positions. He um, he gets he makes some good chances for himself. He's quick enough without being absolutely rapid. But um, yeah, I think a bit of composure. Is is all that he he was lacking at the end of the day? He's still a young player, and it would have been his. I think it might have been his first his first game at Anfield. So look, I don't think Burnley are going to be uh, safe. I think they'll they'll go. But if they're you're right, if they're to have any chance, then players like him need to bury a couple of the chances like they had today. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's those are those are the small little moments in a season that can be the difference between surviving by the skin of your teeth and not. I mean, the relegation battle could have been changed quite drastically if Luton had continued up their good streak, but of course they lost 3-1 to Sheffield uh, United today, yep. which just cat amongst the pigeons, not looking good for for the old Ev, but yeah, I mean if Burnley or Sheffield are going to stand any chance of surviving, it's going to come down to whether Nottingham Forest and Everton get another points yeah. deduction because it it looks pretty hard seeing those two surviving from there. But uh, Thor is sharing that Newcastle's already one up on Forest. I believe Real Madrid yeah. scored 
kickoff. We got a chance for Leverkusen. Oh, no. Uh, the Leverkusen-Bayern game was delayed by about yeah, 10 no, minutes no. because a massive amount of uh, trash thrown on the pitch by the home Leverkusen really? fans. Yeah, wow. yeah. They were they were eight, nine minutes uh, delayed in the kickoff there. So uh, What's going we don't want to get off and watch the top-of-the-table clashes in both the Bundesliga and in La Liga. So, Kev, who is your man of the match for today? I mean, there's been some really good performances. Leverkusen score, 1-0. Cool. Yeah. There's... Um, I honestly think the Kelleher would be my man of the match. Um, I think there's some good performances in the second half, but I think some of the saves that Kelleher pulled off today um, really, you know, they were vital. And I thought he was he was composed on the ball. He he was always an outlet to take, you know, take the pressure off the centre backs. His distribution was good. Uh, without being, you know, his, some of his long balls weren't great, but his general passing out from the back was good. I don't think he could have done anything about the goal. No, no genuinely, I I don't think they could have done anything about. He could have done anything about the goal, but he made some really really key saves. And at the end of the day, he played ninety five minutes, and the other option didn't. Yeah, precisely. Uh I think the correct answer, if there is one for man of the match, is probably Harvey Elliott because it was yeah. it was his offensive contributions after he came on at halftime that completely changes the game for us. Two assists really changed the tide of the game in terms of stymieing their attack. But I, I, I would give it, and I said this to you before we came on, I would give it to Andy Robertson just because I thought the, the difference in his game in that second half of always providing that outlet being there on that overlap. It's what I wanted to see yesterday when we were doing the preview for the match of seeing Diaz having Robertson there with him to have that overlap going around the outside, which we've been missing by having to be forced to play Joe Gomez, who is quite distinctly right-footed as a left back that he's less likely to make that overlapping cross. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought, I thought in the second half, I thought Andy Robertson looked like he's. Yeah. He created five chances, created five chances. He was, um, it was up and down the wing all day. It was always an option. And he grew, he was another one. He grew into the game, like a lot of them. Endo, McAllister, when he switched over to the left, grew into it. He, did, he, he didn't try to complicate things when he moved over to the left. He kept it simple. Give it, get, you know, give and go and move. Didn't try to do stuff that he's not comfortable doing. Endo, the same. You know, he, was, he showed good composure on the ball at times. He got in the way for that. Kwanzaa header that ended up with Fafana getting that chance. He ended up got, getting in the way of that. But at the end of the day, it's his first game in the Premier League for a long for a while. Yeah, a and yeah. He was he was in a good run of form when he was going, but he was away playing with different players, playing a different type of football, and come back and say, "By the way, right, you're back. You start and and go. You know, just pick it up where you left off. It's a tough ask." He grew into the game like yeah. a lot of them yeah. did. Absolutely. Sam Tandy says special mention to Curtis Jones too, filling in a right time. back like he's James Milner. And I mean, hey, I'm all for that. It's uh you can never be without a needing a guy like James Milner in your team. Uh Ashley L sharing some other good news, which is that Knott's Forest are now level with Newcastle. So that's absolutely fantastic. Seems like there's three pretty good games going on. Top of the table, Germany, top yep. of the table, Spain. I think we should all just go off and watch a little bit of uh the continental football there. So thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, please hit the thumbs up button. Give us a little rating review. Leave a comment if you're catching up to us afterwards, whether it's on YouTube or through a podcast app. Please, if you can, donate to our 2024 charity fundraiser that we're doing for the Lighthouse Cafe in Dublin for fan supporting food banks in Liverpool. Trying to hit that 10,000 euro mark and we're just going to keep on chugling towards it. If you can't spare a few dollars for us, just throw it into your social media account. Send out a mass text message. It's it's a very good cause, and there are still very good people in the world. So we will hit this fundraising target. The other fundraising target that we got is that Phil Casey of the Talking Cop channel is trying to raise 5,000 euros for the... Oh, crap. I should have the name of it written down here. What's the name of the... Uh, uh, the Laurel, Laura, Lynn. Laura Lynn House. Yes. Laura Lynn House. Yeah, Laura Lynn House, um, uh, which you informed me yesterday, Kev, is Ireland's yeah. only children's hospice. So it's, again, it's it's kind of like Fela Can, which was uh, the charity sponsor from a couple of years ago. It's one of those services yeah. you hope you never have to use. But 
if you do need to use it, you're extremely grateful that that service is there for you. So Phil's trying to raise 5,000 euros for them by doing a ridiculous amount of uh, running and cycling and climbing up and down mountains and just all around utter madness for a man of his age. But good on him. He's a good man. Uh, yeah. Show sponsor as well to footballprizes.co.uk. They got the Chabby Alonzo and Harvey Elliott contest going on currently. So we highly suggest you head on over there and check those out because they do have some very good stuff. Ashley L last night sent into the Telegram uh, group a picture of her uh, Jurgen Klopp autographed Anfield Road sign from footballprizes.co.uk. And it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. Yeah. So good quality stuff on there. And as always, please become a member if you like what we're doing here on the channel. Helps maintain the channel, keep us going, but you also get access to some of the goodies, uh, the 30 show, some of the special series that we got going on. I'm sure we'll have another episode of The Helm coming up soon. We got another episode of The Greatest coming up soon and all that goodness. But there's some good footy on right now, Kev, so let's all get off and go and watch that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, you'll get Gav and the lads back on the Sunday night show to kind of wrap up the weekend's action tomorrow night. Of course, they're going to do a Super Bowl preview show perhaps as well, maybe, because it is the big game weekend as well, too. Anybody but the Chiefs. Anybody but the Chiefs. Three ones to the red at Anfield. A record league capacity crowd as well, too, which failed to mention. 59-896, I think it was. Something so like that, yeah. Yeah, by the next home game, they should be over 60,000 for the first time ever. And uh, First just, time in the Premier League. Yeah, just, Sorry, just I know when we needed Football was only invented in 1992 for, a for some people. Of course. Trust me. Uh, in the all seater era, it will be a yes. Record. It will be a yes. That's the that's the important part in the all seater era. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep bumping that Mental. number up, and and we need it those fans to drive us on home. Also, Figs, who's in our Telegram group, was over at the match. So lucky boy, Figs, you do not get labeled a Jonah for this one because we ended up coming out with the win. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys after the next match. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.